Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you are. Uh, if you're watching us on the airwaves here in Santa Barbara, California at TVSB, we welcome you. And uh, so many of you are finding us from all over the world at these different platforms, goodlifetelevision.org being one of them, goodlifetelevision.org. Um, you can also find our YouTube channel, which many of you are, and the podcast. So we've seen a recent spike in kind of the traffic of the podcast, which is fantastic. So the podcast is called Good Life Conversations. So if you're a podcast kind of a person, you can find us there and and you can follow us all over the place at Facebook and Instagram at Twitter and whatever else they'll invent. I'm sure we'll be there. Uh, even Twitter. We bring light to Twitter. Twitter can be a dark place, but not on the Good Life TV page. I can promise you that. Um, so we're bringing light, you know, we're bringing light in the darkness. We're talking about great things. We're dwelling on wonderful stories, wonderful truths, overcoming. Uh, we've had people from all walks of life. And so we're we're grateful that you found us. Hope you'll go to the YouTube page. You can watch all the long form interviews and you can also watch what we call power clips where we kind of break those up into some of the great moments. So hope you'll join us for all of it. And and all of it's brought to you by Bunnin Chevrolet, our friends, Leo Bunnin. Uh, I'm so grateful for my guest today. I, I've been reading his book and learning his story, and it is powerful and amazing. And so Ron Post, I want to welcome uh, you, my friend. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Dean. Good to be here. Yeah, what a uh, wonderful journey we're going to be talking about. Uh, Ron has written a book. Um, it's right here. It's going to be on your screen as well. It's called Unchained, uh, A Man's Journey from Abuse to Healing to Saving Lives. Um, and I'm going to get into that. Ron had a 63-year journey with his wife, Jean, who passed recently. And and um, and we were talking a little bit about Jean before we came on. Gene uh, was a cheerleader for Ron's and a partner and what a wonderful thing it is today to see a, a long-term marriage like that, uh, the power and beauty of that, Ron. Uh, I commend you. And is there anything you want to, before we start, is there anything you want to say about Jean? Oh, she was, uh, I, like you said, my cheerleader. She was very active in our ministry for years and uh, did a wonderful job in that. And um, a great mother, great wonderful grandmother. Um, people loved her. She uh, just studied the word of God and hid it in her heart. And even when she was on her last few days and could not even speak, could not read the Bible, I would read it to her. And it was just amazing how she would finish the sentence for me. Oh, isn't that she, amazing? She knew the word of God. And uh, I know that she's in the cloud of witnesses today, praising God. Oh, so beautiful. What hope we have, um, you know, and, and man, I can't imagine life without that hope, to be honest with you. No. Um, I, because it's so unnatural to be, uh, you know, to be a part in this case. Like, I just can't imagine, like, what would, if you didn't believe, what would life be like thinking, okay, I was with Gene for 63 years as my best friend. I'm never going to see her again. It's over. You know, that would be a bummer. But what great hope we have. Amen. Yeah. We do. And 
uh, yeah, she's <laughs> she was just a, a sweetheart to so many people. Yeah, well, thank God for her life, and uh, and we bless her memory. Ron, take us back to so you and Jean. Let's start here. You're you're watching the news. You're kind of watching the news accounts of what has been called the killing fields of Cambodia. Mm -hmm. This is back, you know, a few years ago. Um, and I, and I was reading, you know, some of what you've written here about what happened to you and Jean as you saw that and what God kind of did in your heart and mind and in your calling. Take us back to that moment. Well, Dean, it was 1979. We were living in our West Salem, Oregon home, and we were watching the news accounts of those killing fields. And in the news account, they were picking up a body out of a rice field that appeared to be maybe a teenager that had starved to death. On the couch across from me was my teenage daughter lying there. And I suddenly thought, Lord, why am I so blessed to be born here? I could have been my daughter. And as I pondered that, it was like a like someone had given me a written plan that I was to raise up a medical team and take them there to help those people. And I was to do it in two weeks. And I, as I pondered that and thought, Lord, is this really you? Because this seems very difficult to do. I, I finally blurted it out to, to Jean and, and she said, yes, honey. I didn't want to say anything, but I just felt like we need to help those people. And so it was kind of like confirmation from God that uh, I was to do something. And so I got up out of my chair that very night uh, and began uh, what would take a two-week journey. And in the book, I chronicle how the steps that, that were God opened up door after door to make it possible. And some people read it and say, I can't believe that. Um, but it happened that we took uh, medical teams in, in two weeks to those uh, to the refugee camp on the Thai Cambodian border and help those people. That is amazing. And you're not a doctor. No, I'm not. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> yeah. That is that is amazing. I mean, in two weeks later, you had two hundred fifty thousand dollars in donations. Yes, that was a miracle in itself. That how that happened, and uh, um, it, it, I would have never thought something like that could happen. But when God wants you to do something, He allows it to happen, and He opens the doors, makes it possible for you to do that even when you think you can't. I think maybe especially when you think you can't. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, God is uh, it's amazing how when we surrender and let go what, what he's capable of doing. Like sometimes I forget that. Yes, that's so true. Uh, you, we all heard that saying, you know, just you take the first step, God will take the second. And yeah. So, uh, I believe that. Yeah, for sure. So since this time that we're talking about, Medical Teams International has served countless lives. Uh, most recently in war-torn Ukraine, uh, in in the in Uganda, uh, as the Ebola as the Ebola virus has reemerged. Um, take us through. So since the, the this initial vision happened, this two week thing and this miracle, really. Take us through this, this journey with Medical Teams International. 
Well, I might uh, let you know, Dean, that right now they're actually in refugee camps around the world taking care of 2.7 million refugees right now, in addition to all the other wonderful things they do. Um, but yes, we that was our first trip. And then uh, we've been all over the world to disasters. Um, and the book, I think the reader will find it very engaging as they uh, read about all these me volunteer medical teams that have responded to disasters around the world and uh, the harsh conditions they lived in, but the wonderful victories that they, they had in helping people. And so that, that's a, a whole lot of the book. Uh, are these wonderful medical volunteers that have, that's the story uh, to me. And they're the heroes of, of the book. And um, we've, we've covered a lot of areas um, to uh, uh, places like Ethiopia in 1985, where the greatest famine probably have ever known, 200,000 people died. And our teams went there to help those people. And we, we saw them uh, really do miraculous things to help those people. Wow. If you're just joining us, my guest is Ron Post. The book is Unchained, uh, Man's Journey from Abuse to Healing to Saving Lives. Ron has received the Point of Light Award from President George H.W. Bush, uh, World Service Media from Kiwanis International, and many other awards. You can find him at Ron post just like it sounds ron post.org um and so i just to back up just to make this clear so this all started with a guy on his couch in salem oregon then god giving you a vision and you acting on it i mean that's what happened yes that's exactly what happened <laughs> this is so amazing it changed my life forever uh i would never be the same after that and um, it's been a wonderful journey, just a wonderful journey yeah. that God has led. And what a word this is for young people, for old people, for middle-aged people who God, if you feel like God is putting something on your heart to do, um, I think it's a great thing that what Ron said about how Gene was part of the confirmation process with that so often the voice of god comes through our wives is that interesting amen, amen. <laughs> yeah so that's a good thing to have wise counsel and but but this the the i think the point here is to to go you know if if god's calling you to do something you know you you'll find 150 reasons not to do it you mm. know for sure. And Ron, I'm sure sitting on the couch thinking about Cambodia, there was there was probably plenty of reasons you could think of to say this is a bad idea. Well, it, it was uh, a, quite a challenge. Uh, and But I really felt so strong that God was uh, directing me to do this. Uh, and, you know, he did that. He did it over the years. So many times we saw miracles, time after time. You know, I remember the uh, uh, the Cambodian man who was dying and the doctor had done all that she could do and said, Ron, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid we're going to lose this one. And I said, let's pray. And so we got on our knees, we laid our hands on that man and we prayed for healing and that man lived. And oh. I, I have seen so many miracles 
like that in different forms that God was letting me know he's there. He's taking care of things. And he will do that for anyone that wants to step out and follow him. You know, the Bible is very clear about Christians. It says that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which yeah. God ordained in the beginning. And I always tell people, it's kind of like he, he put a gene in us uh, at creation to help others. And when we do, that's what makes us feel good is that gene that's <laughs> coming out. And whether you're Christian or non-Christian, you feel good about helping others. But with the Christian, you're building eternal rewards when you do this. And, and we are running our race. We're completing our assignment when we reach out to help others. That's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. Yeah, so powerful, so powerful. Rob, what, what led you to write this down? What, who, what, what led you to actually you know, write a memoir of your life? A couple of reasons. One is that I wanted people to read my story and see that uh, people who may have harmed you uh, as a child, that you can find forgiveness and, and go on to find meaning and purpose in your life. And I try to explain that in the book, how you can do that uh, as it happened with me. Uh, and the other part of the book is to encourage people to do those good things that God wants us to do and, uh, and to realize we're never too old when we do it. And I, I talk about that in the book. So it, it uh, and if people are doing good things right now, the book will affirm them that they're doing good things and why. So I, I just felt that it would encourage people and hopefully uh, build them up in the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and, and God can do that for people if they just reach out and do it. Yeah, so good. So I want to talk about the, you shared, um, well, first of all, you came to, to Christ when you were 27 years old. Um, and then you talk about how it, it from that 27 year old point, it was another uh, seven years to the to to the play to take you to the place where you realized that there was unforgiveness in your heart. Mm -hmm. So take us back. You're 34 years old. You have this realization. What happens next? Well, I think the reality is that I I, I one of the scriptures I've read so often. All of us have is that. Um, the Lord will forgive us our sins, but he wants us to forgive those who sinned against us. And in fact, he said, and if you cannot or do not forgive those who sinned against you, I cannot forgive you. And so I don't think we can ever have a life of victory, of meaning and purpose, if we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And about it took this hard head seven years to realize that um, after becoming a Christian and through a special event that happened uh, through our church, uh, one night I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I forgive those people who hurt me and I ask you to forgive them. And when I got up, I felt like a new creation. <laughs> I wow. really did. Uh, my life changed. I actually 
developed a wonderful relationship with those who abused me when I was a child. Um, and you can do this through forgiveness. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, this thing in forgiveness. It does so much for our life. It makes us a healthier person, uh, a more active person. Um, and, and, and it does. It does change your life when you can find it in your heart to forgive those who hurt you. I try to tell people, don't let those who hurt you continue to hurt you throughout your life. Why? Right. Why let them do that when you can just forgive them and say, Lord, use my life for what you want. And, and you will. You'll find meaning and purpose in your life. That is so powerful. So powerful. Uh, and, 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 and that's inspiring. Uh, you say through forgiveness, you can, you can find victory. I think so often, you know, that the, when we're hurt and the victim thing happens, we can, we can camp out in that place. Mm. And it's, and, and you're so right. It's like there, it's like the, 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 the sin, the, the, whatever it is, is not only affecting your past, it's affecting your present yes, and your future. Yes. You know, it took me 63 years to tell my family uh, what had happened. Uh, I've read since that nationally, it's it's like people wait 52 years and on average of telling anybody about that abuse. And that's sad. I wish I hadn't. Uh, and and you, you said it right, Dean. We wallow around in it, and, you know, yeah. and, and, and we make it a part of our life. But we're not happy. Right. And so when we when we can find forgiveness for others, it frees up a whole new world for you. And, and it does change your health. You become much more healthier in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've read one time, you know, the, the person who has the most power over you is the person you haven't forgiven. And so it's almost like you're giving power to this dark thing or this person or whatever it is your seeding power that that you know affects your life in a negative way versus forgiveness and moving on in the power of god with freedom and grace and life yes, yes. you know what what a wonderful thing so what what prompted you just out of curiosity for you, what prompted you to share it with your family you, that abuse well again it it took so many years but uh, once again the lord spoke to my heart and said, Ron, it's time to tell your family. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the reason I, one of the reasons I waited so long is, you know, particularly when in, uh, the harm has been done by someone in your family, you, 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 you don't want people to hate them, even though you've forgiven them, you don't want the, the, your loved ones to hate them. And I, I think that was part of my situation, but I finally get to the point where God said, Ron, you need to tell them so they can see who you was, who you were before and now what you are today. And so I gathered my family and told them, and I'm so glad I did because my dear wife, Jean, was able to open up to me and say, honey, I, there's something I haven't revealed. And she revealed how she had been molested when she was a little girl so oh my goodness yeah it opens up a whole new uh possibility for you when you can 
share it with your family and tell them and so they can be a part of, of the uh, healing with you. Don't wait 63 years. Yeah. And don't, yeah, don't, don't, it's almost like, don't do it alone. You know, it, no. it, it's painful enough, but to carry it by yourself, it's like a, that must be like a heavy backpack yes. you know, that you're walking through life with. Yes, it is. It's a heavy backpack. That's a good description. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing, Ron. Is your family, uh, in terms of your kids, uh, do you have family near you now or, or? Yes, uh, you know, I have two daughters and their children uh, not too far from me. And, and my son is over in Nevada, but we get to see him fairly often. So, yeah, we're a, we're a close-knit family. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. So what do you hope uh, people learn or, or what, what are some significant takeaways from somebody who picks this book up and reads it? What is your hope for them? One of the great hopes I have, Dean, it, it goes, if I can go back to uh, that experience in Ethiopia, uh, we were in an intensive feeding center for babies uh, in Ethiopia, and we could only admit 250 of uh, the worst cases each morning. And yet there were 1,400 women with their babies that would line up hoping to be admitted to the feeding center. And so the way they do it is the nurses would go down through the line and feel between the fingers of the babies for fat content. And from that, they would pick 250 of the worst cases when they oh were all worst goodness. cases. And they would go off in a corner and cry because they knew that some of the babies, many of them would probably die by the next morning. Oh and my it, goodness. It was an awful thing to see. And as I was watching that one morning, two elderly ladies uh, were coming towards us and I could see that they both were carrying little black buckets. And when they got near me, they stood right in front of me. And they were just skin and bones, just skeletons walking. And uh, one of them uh, dropped at my feet there on the ground. The nurses tried to help them, but she died there on the ground. And someone took a picture of that and gave it to me, but I don't need it. It's, it's seared into my memory forever. Uh, uh, she's laying on her side with her outstretched hand, just an inch from her outstretched hand, is that empty black bucket. And God spoke to me so clearly. And he said, Ron, go home and tell everyone you can uh, how many empty buckets there are in our world, both around the world and here at home, that we should be filling. And if we do, he promises us that our bucket will not go empty right. while you fill other people's bucket. And so that has been my story, Dean. And that's one of the things I hope comes out and through this book is that we are called to fill empty buckets. Amazing. And what he can do with little, you know, I really believe, you know, because I think it, it can be, it's such an overwhelming thing. It can be, well, you know, I can, what's the, what's the point you know but stepping in and doing something is is to me it's where god can say okay i've got somebody here who's going to step forward and do something and i can make much out of this little it's like the boy that brought jesus the the loaves and the two fish and five you know loaves and jesus made something <laughs> much larger out of it 
You know, that's a that's a great point, Dean. My beloved wife, Jean, after she retired, she was in church one Sunday and they were talking about the shut-ins and the people who were sick and they would make a list of them. And she came home from that service. She says, honey, I need to encourage these people. So she went and bought a big stack of cards and, and postage stamps. And every week she would write these notes to these people, encouraging them and pray for them. And, uh, you know, you might think, gee, that's a little thing. No, it's not to the person who got those cards. That's right. And so it's a it was a simple thing, but she she was doing something very important. And I hope people grasp that. That's beautiful. The, what it's not about what we can't do, it's about what we can. Yes. You know, and I, I yes, sending that card, um, you know, some people may not be called to world missions, but they can go to CVS and get a card and a postage stamp Amen. and maybe change somebody's life. Amen. Yes. You know, and Ron, the, the thing about what you guys are doing, you know, you were, you know, the Bible says when you did this into the least of these, you did it unto me. In fact, it's right here. Somebody gave me this two years ago. It's like a, mm. it's a stone thing with that verse. As you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. I wish I could tag along the day that your body falls off here on earth and you get to go to the great glory and the reward. I just think, Ron, that that's going to be a wonderful day for you. Oh. We're going to miss you. I'm sure your family's going to miss you, but my goodness, what a joyful, and not to mention Gene will be there. Mm -hmm. I look forward to that day, Dean. I really do with excitement. Uh, but I will finish my race, however yeah. long that takes, uh, before I go to join Gene. Yeah, you're running hard. It looks to me like you're still running. <laughs> At nearly 85, I'm I, I'm not <laughs> running quite as fast, but I'm running. <laughs> Ronpost.org. Ronpost.org. The book, again, is Unchained. I, I highly uh, recommend it to you. Um, you know what a story, Ron. What what a story uh, from from your history of, and your you know your pain um, and the abuse to moving to a place of forgiveness to moving to a place of blessing others. When you wake up today, almost eighty five, what is your day? I'm just curious. This wasn't in my notes, but I'm just curious. Like what what is your morning? What does your day look like now? Well. the it always starts in the morning with Bible reading. Uh, that, to me, is one of the most important things we can do is read that Bible every morning and then pray. And uh, that's my morning. And, and then I try to stay busy during the day, uh, one thing after another, um, maybe having lunch with a friend or visiting somebody. Um, but I just try to, I try to stay busy as I can. Um, I, I, I love my pastor and I try to encourage him. Uh, and, and those are the simple things. It doesn't take a lot of work. Uh, yeah. It's, it's encouraging. That's so beautiful. A life where we can have victory. What a, what a thing, you know, if you're watching this and you've been through something, you've been hurt, you've been abused, you've been neglected, you've been abandoned, you know, unfortunately here on planet earth where we have, human beings 
a lot of negative stuff can happen to us but i think you're looking at the face and ron post you're looking at somebody who uh, has moved on to victory in forgiveness and love and grace and what a thing it is to see it in a human being um, it's inspiring to say the least so I, i'd highly encourage you to, to check out ron's book check out his website at ronpost.org uh, this is a this is a man we can learn from so ron thank you sir Thank you, Dean. And um, if they go to the website, they can also get my free devotions that I write. And uh, I hope they enjoy them. But most of all, you know, to remember that God has not called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. Yes, sir. uh, If we do that, we'll accomplish great things. Beautiful. Well, that's a wonderful note to close on. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. And we thank all of you uh, for joining us. What an inspiring interview that was. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.